Hello, and welcome to The Lemon Law. I'm your host, Emily. My name is Luis. My name is Julian. And I'm Emily Marie. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, So just to give a background on how we all know each other, we're all physical therapists who work together at an inpatient rehab hospital. Um, And as we're all kind of new to our friendships with each other, we have found that what we have in common is we're all single here in Tucson, Arizona, and thought um, as we're going on different dates and trying to make our way through the single life, we are sharing lots of fun stories together and just things that are the struggles and joys of dating and thought, hey, let's uh, make a podcast about it since Probably a lot of listeners out there are going through the same thing. So um, we have titled ourselves The Lemon Law for right now. Um, First of all, because Mount Lemon is here in Tucson, Arizona. And also, if any of you have watched the show How I Met Your Mother, um, one of the main characters in there in one of their episodes uh, came up with what he called The Lemon Law, where within the first five minutes of a date, If you decide that you don't want to proceed with the evening, you could cite the lemon law and say, hey, no hard feelings, but let's go our separate ways. So we thought that was a good way to title our podcast because what we really want is to be transparent about kind of what we want and what our struggles are with dating and help each other problem solve to have the most meaningful relationships, both romantically and otherwise. So tonight, our theme is love languages that we'll be talking about. So just to give you a little background on that, Dr. Gary Chapman is a well-known marriage counselor and director of marriage seminars, and he came up with this concept called the five love languages, talking about how different people with different personalities give and receive love in different ways. And just to familiarize ourselves with the five different love languages, which some of you might know, They are words of affirmation, which means using your words to give a loved one a compliment or meaningful praise. Also giving and receiving gifts, acts of service, so doing things like maybe unloading the dishwasher, cooking for your partner, running errands or yard work. Um, Quality time, so having focused conversations with your partner, maybe a romantic dinner, taking a long walk or hike. And then finally, physical touch, and that's not just sexual in nature, but also things like hugging and kissing and holding hands, maybe giving a massage. So those are our five love languages that we'll discuss tonight. And Dr. Gary Chapman talks about how familiarizing yourself with these love languages and really knowing how your partner would like to receive love and also how you would like to receive love um, is really important to have meaningful connection. If you go to the5lovelanguages.com, you can take a quiz to find out what your love languages are, and you can even um, take specific quizzes to see like how you give and receive love in romantic relationships, family relationships, friendships, and even in the workplace. And the website has a lot of resources on different books. He even has a podcast, and you can subscribe to their newsletter, which I just did. Um, And interestingly, he has a lot of events on marriage conferences and even a date night event, so lots to look into there. And in looking at the research and preparing for this episode, I wanted to comment on a cool study that was done by Gerald. Gerald. (laughs) Sorry. Gerald. Poor Gerald. (laughs) 
I'm just like not familiar with that name. Okay. <laughs> Daryl. <Matthews. laughs> I don't know why I attempted to say that again. We'll call him Mr. Matthews. Sorry, Mr. Matthews for botching your name. <laughs> A professor of psychology at George Mason University did a study in June of 2022 where they looked at 100 heterosexual couples who had been together for six months to 24 years. The participants were ages 17 to 58. And I'm just going to read you um, the abstract because I feel like abstracts are great and kind of give you the most relevant info on the study. (laughs) So in the study, they looked at the 100, 100 heterosexual couples who completed measures assessing their preferences and behavioral tendencies for expressions of love and receptions of signs of affection for each of these five love languages. They looked at relationship satisfaction, sexual satisfaction, and empathy in terms of assessments. The degree of the within-couple mismatch was calculated separately for each individual based on the discrepancies between the person's felt or preferred and their partner's expressed love language. The joint mismatch indicator was a sum of discrepancies across the five love languages. Matching on love languages was associated with both relationship and sexual satisfaction, In particular, people who express their affection in the way their partners prefer to receive it experienced greater satisfaction with their relationships and were more sexually satisfied compared to those who met their partner's needs to lesser extent. So I thought that was really interesting, just the importance of knowing how your partner likes to receive love. Empathy was expected to be a critical factor for better understanding of and responding to the partner's needs. And overall, when thinking about ranking those love languages top to bottom for the people in this study, the study participants most frequently declared love language was quality time, followed by physical touch, then acts of service, words of affirmation, and then receiving gifts. So that's just a little background on our topic tonight. Um, And with that in mind, does anyone have anything they want to share in terms of what your love language is and how... That impacts your dating life? Yeah, we're jumping right in. All right. (laughs) Um, I would say, like, so after we take the quiz, I have two that are very, very similar. Um, And so that would be, like, quality of time and, like, and then acts of service. Kind of that second or third one, I guess, if you will, is, like, the physical touch for me. Um, So I think it's just kind of coming down to, like, someone that's going to spend time with me, um, making dinner with me watching movies that maybe I enjoy, going on a walk with me. I think those things just really speak to me in a different way than maybe like um, they do for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of like just in, like not even a love way, not even in a partner way, but I think about like my childhood. Um, and so I think about things that like really brought me closer to like my parents. And mm-hmm. like my dad would watch like silly movies all the time. Like I think of like, I don't know if your dad ever watched these kind of things, but like The Mummy or like mm-hmm. Star Wars. Like I would just like love to hang out with my dad and watch yeah. those movies. And like I may not have had like a lot, a lot of interest in those movies, but like to me that was me spending time with my dad. Yeah. Um, so like that's kind of how I feel like I relate to the love languages a little bit. But love that. And then I know um, we were talking earlier about just thinking about your love languages and romantic relationships you've had and whether mm-hmm. or not you feel like your previous partner was aware of that or even if you guys talked about right. that at all. 
You know what? We don't. And I think that maybe is something I should change going forward, but I haven't really brought that up in past um, dating situations or partnerships. Um, and I feel like it is something that's very important because looking back, I don't think we were on the same page a lot of times. I think yeah. we were assuming um, what somebody wanted um, from the relationship. Um, you know, maybe assuming that we wanted the physical touch or assuming yeah. that the person wanted a gift, um, you know, things like that. And I don't think we asked <laughs> yeah. how the other person um, wanted to receive that. So I think it's really, really important and eye-opening for myself, actually. Yeah, I think sometimes we over-romanticize relationships where we're like, well, <laughs> they should know what I want. Oh, but yeah. it's important to just have that awareness for yourself and even to be brave enough to initiate that conversation and even make it objective and say, hey, there's this thing called the five love languages. <laughs> you know, let's take the assessment and talk yeah. about it and see, you know, what we come out as. I think that would be good because Absolutely. rather than assuming just be bold and talk about it and yeah because I think about a date because I went on several dates with this guy about last year this time and you know we got along really really well but I think the one area we didn't really jive on was probably this like love languages aspect mm -hmm. um, because I really like wanted to like do things with him yeah. um, I wanted to like go we had like a plan to go to the zoo one day and I remember he was like oh my allergies are acting up and like that's fine. Everybody has things going on, but we just like never went out of the house. Like we just never went and did an activity. We never yeah. went on a walk. We never, and I just like really craved that time with him. Right. And like, I don't think he ever saw that. Like I really, really craved it. And so instead it was like all of our time spent together was just like more yeah. of what he wanted in a relationship, um, which was very like one-sided. And so I think that's probably honestly, if I look back, why we didn't work out. And it is interesting if you had either of you had initiated that conversation to talk about love languages, is it that he would have been like, oh, Emily, I didn't realize that you wanted to go to the zoo and that that's something that's important to you. Like, I do really care about you, so I definitely want to do that. It's interesting to think of, is it just a mismatch and is he willing to yeah. hear that information and make a change or was it just that it wasn't a match at all? So I think... Yeah to That's answer that it's being aware and initiating those conversations so yeah so my question there is like when do you think it, like obviously I have my own opinion but like when do you think is the right time to like talk about love language is this like a first date kind of thing or is it like second third date let's Hi, get Emily, more Emily my love languages yeah. because like ultimately it comes back to the lemon law it's like why waste your time if we don't have the love language the same love language or similar love languages or we're not going to work on catering to each other's love language like why yeah. waste our time so like my question is like is there a right time and like when is the right time or what do you like i'm sure everyone's <laughs> opinion's a little different but like what do you guys think it's a great question sure i don't ask me i clearly haven't brought yeah. it up so i don't know if there's a right time yeah. <laughs> i think that it's like you have to kind of get started with someone to see if there's chemistry, first of all. And then I think um, my therapist said something once that really stuck with me. I love sharing those gems, which is um, it's not just you and the other person. It's also this third entity that is your relationship together. And I think both parties need to have this willingness to work to make that third entity good and functioning well. And part of that is having those conversations. So I think it's kind of like... I don't know. I like to have fun with people on dates in the beginning and see if that chemistry is there, but then eventually start kind of having some of these conversations 
because it is important to me that someone can handle that question of, oh yeah, like, so there's this thing called the five love languages, first of all, because I'm such a nerd on these concepts and love talking about them. Um, But just that someone's open to that growth and that communication is really important to me to kind of move forward. Um, So I do think it's something that's worth discussing if you kind of see potential with that person, maybe not right away, but just knowing that they have that willingness to work on talking about some of these things, I think is really important. It's I, funny. Yeah. Go ahead. And I think it's funny that you bring up the conversation of when's the right time, because I feel like the last, one of the last dates I went on, like the first date, we brought up love languages. <laughs> and I feel like maybe it's just, I'm the type of person that likes like conversing <laughs> about everything, everything from like exes to love languages to like, you know, I kind of leave everything out there because I don't think anything like, I like don't believe in like the cliches or like you know that sharing too much is too much because like I'd rather know more about a person than less about a person and so I remember and this person actually is the one that brought it up like I was going um I guess like just for ease sake we're gonna call this person hinge girl um (laughs) or dating app girl if we don't want (laughs) to throw out a specific dating app but like she like on like our first date we're just like kind of sitting in the car after the date and she's like so what are your love languages and I was like wow that's like a great question because like I think it's an important thing and I was like physical touch and like right away she was like oh like that isn't in my top three and it was like kind of interesting to know that like you know my top love language wasn't necessarily her top love language it didn't necessarily affect us right away but like thinking about it I was like more of like the kisser type the hugger type and she was not and maybe that kind of got in the way of like our relationship progressing forward and so I think like it's a way to get to know somebody it's not the only way to get to know somebody but it is a way to get to know somebody and I think it um at least for me I don't think there's like a wrong time to do it you know maybe that wasn't necessarily the right time but I don't think there's a wrong time to do it so yeah I agree kind of going based off of that like I'm also the type of person to like on the first date kind of like not on purpose I just put everything out on the table kind of thing like if it's mutual it's mutual if it's not it's not but in the past I do feel like love language has came up more often when like relationships are rocky when like Mm -hmm. like why are we falling apart and we're six seven months into our relationship like is it that our love languages were never equal is it that we forgot each other's love languages that we haven't really talked about it like I feel like for me in the past, that's when love language has came up. Mm-hmm. Not so much, I mean, not so much in dating in general, but that's just my two cents there. But like I said, mm-hmm. like Julian said, like I don't think there's a wrong time, um, but it, I definitely think it's important to talk about as well. Yeah, and if you go for it right on the first date, it's like you kind of get that info on whether or not they're willing to talk about it or not. I mean, it didn't work, and it's probably better that I knew it earlier yeah. rather than mm-hmm. later. Um, I think one of the problems, though, that sometimes comes up with my specific love language because it is physical touch um, is like I feel like I explore and get to know my partners through physical touch. Like I love hugging. I love holding their hand. I love kissing. And I feel like sometimes that sends like the wrong message early on, even Mm -hmm. though I'm using like it to get to know them like it's like do we connect on like Mm -hmm. a physical level like do I feel comfortable around you Mm -hmm. a lot of times they can take it in different ways like whether that's like oh you're way too into me or oh it's like that's you know we have different level languages or like oh you're leading me on in a way that isn't like the right way um it's like I feel like 
looking back, it's been maybe a tiny bit of a source of conflict before. So that's why maybe addressing like love languages early on is a good thing. Because like if you express yourself in one way and they don't understand why you're expressing yourself in that way, it can you can definitely get in the way. And so it's just interesting to think about now that we're looking back at it. Mm-hmm. So would you guys say you because obviously with love languages, would you say that's how you express yourself or that's how you prefer to receive love or both? I feel like there's different love languages mm-hmm. for either. Like I prefer, like I'm more like of an acts of service type of person for other people. Like I love doing acts of mm-hmm. service for other people, but I love receiving physical touch, you know? Um, and I mean, I love giving physical touch too, but if I like, were to like rank them, like the number ones mm-hmm. are different for each thing. So I like to consider them differently. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys feel the same Mine way. Mine are different too. Yeah. yeah. I really love like giving acts of service and giving gift giving. Mm-hmm. Actually gift giving is probably one of my biggest ones. Um, and like you're all like my coworkers, and you probably notice that about me as well. <laughs> yes. So just like I really do love yeah. to just like outpour that, um, yeah. but I don't necessarily need that. Emily Marie is a good gift giver. I will totally put it out there no. first. You heard it here first not, on the Lemon Law. For sure. <laughs> but yeah. How yeah. about you, Em? Um, so my top ones, I would say I'm like pretty equal for how I like to give and receive in mm-hmm. quality time. Um, acts of service and also physical touch. I feel like they're, it's hard to rank them. I feel like they're, those three are just top of my mind. Um, so yeah, and equal in both giving and receiving for those. Mm -hmm. So doing things together, like it's really important for me that because I love hiking and everything and just having someone who can like go on a longer hike and is willing to spend the night outside (laughs) is really important for me. Um, because I think that's so much of just thinking about how you spend your weekends. I will say I have a, a good friend of mine who is um, her big kind of sticking point in her relationship is that her partner does not like to camp or do anything outside. And she just has this huge appreciation for nature, which I do too. So her and I like always adventure together and that's how she kind of um, gets that fix. And she just is like, I'm just not sure if it's a good fit because I know he would be an amazing dad and he's so thoughtful and kind, but I just, this point about how we spend our weekends, like he doesn't like to go outside or camp or do anything. And I just feel like that is a huge sticking point for me because like weekends are amazing times, right? You know, like you want to spend it with your partner. And so I feel like just that is a huge sticking point for her. And I think what I have guided her on is at least if there's an appreciation there to, for him to say, I understand if you need to like go out on a hike this weekend, like I'm going to go to the brewery and hang out. But like, I understand if you want to get together with a friend or something and go do that. But, um, yeah. So I think it is important to align on those things or at least be aware of each other's needs in that area. Do you bring it up in your dating life? Hmm. (laughs) Sorry. Hard hitting. (laughs) No, actually, I know exactly. It's to that point of, um, I feel like I will, if someone is also setting that tone of being super open and vulnerable, like I feel like one guy I dated and dating, (laughs) I just am so afraid to talk about that stuff because he's not necessarily like initiating those conversations. So 
and we were talking about this over dinner earlier, all of us, where if you're around someone who's also an open book and vulnerable, like all of us are, it's like you feel so much more comfortable um, saying that. So I feel like I would talk about it if I got that sense of that openness from that person. But with this person I'm talking about, I just don't know that they're they don't initiate those kinds of conversations and I don't know that they've given signs that they're the most comfortable talking about it. So I feel like I'm like a little more nervous to bring it up because I worry that they might not want to talk about it and then they don't want to hang out with me anymore. So that's my fear of rejection and yeah. all of that. Anyways, but yeah. It's kind of funny. I feel like it's such a cliche to say that communication is so important in a relationship, but it so truly is. And I feel like people say that, but don't actually act on it. Um, and I've been in like relationships where like we communicate, but we communicate in a way that's like overly, we're overly thinking things rather, rather than being actually honest yeah. right away. And so I feel like, you know, when I am communicating relationships or dating and stuff more now, I like try to be as honest as possible. And that's love languages. That's everything, right? Because it's, it's your honest foot forward and and i feel like it sets the dating a relationship off on like the right point because like as louise was talking about earlier you don't want to be there six seven months down the line and not really know anything about each other and so i know it's cliche but communication is so important and like that's that's where it starts is like day one love languages throw it out there you know might as well <laughs> right yeah, and obviously communication is important for a successful relationship. So it's like, why not start that right away rather than, you know, finding it out later? Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I mean, kind of going based off that, like my, I feel like if I had a number one, my number one would be words of affirmation just mm. because like, I feel like so many times people are scared to communicate yeah. and scared to like speak how they actually feel and say like, oh, I care about you or oh, I love you or like, oh like I really don't want to lose you like things like that like people are just afraid to say that and like that's the way I express myself and honestly when someone expresses themselves that way to me as well it means a lot but me being so open I'm not always getting the same thing in return with somebody right. so I feel like where, that's where the mismatch is where it's like my love language is words of affirmation and I kind of expect that in return but I right. don't make that known and then when I don't get that, I'm upset, mm -hmm. but I don't really speak up at the same time. So it's just like, I'm upset because I'm not communicating, you know? So it's just yeah. like, it's hard because at the same time, the person I'm with, that might just not be the yeah. way that they express themselves, you know? And it's like, are they really willing to try and, and accommodate me right. to my yeah. love language? Or is it just like, they're going to express themselves the way they want to and that's it, you know? Which I think yeah. brings me back to that point of that willingness mm -hmm. to, once I had that concept of the, the relationship between you as this third entity, that really helped me a lot because it's like, it's not just about you getting your needs met and me getting my needs met. It's like, we're in this thing together, this third entity that is our relationship. And so part of that is, yeah, you communicating that and saying, this is something that I need and that person being willing to hear that and then say I really care about this relationship I have with Luis and I want to meet that need that he expressed to me and so I'm going to go ahead and do that but the hard part is being vulnerable vulnerable enough to get there to explain that and 
And then also being willing to hear what the answer is because it's obviously a huge sign of rejection if someone's like, oh, okay, but yeah. I'm not going to do Exactly, because the answer might not always be what we want, you know? And like yes. you start to think about like how many friendships did I lose because I didn't communicate? How many relationships have I lost because I didn't communicate? How many dates didn't go further just because I didn't communicate? Right. So it comes right. down to like those, like coming back to what Julian said about like communication is like it sounds so cliche, but it's just like, just say what you want at the end of the day. Yeah. Otherwise, somebody's not really gonna know. So like, that's just why I feel like my love language is words of affirmation. Cause I'm like, yeah. if, if you don't give me that confirmation that like, okay, like this right, is still going yeah. well, we're still together, like this and that, like, I just feel like everything's, there's a very gray area if I don't have that confirmation. Do you have a preference on like, what words of affirmation you wanna hear? Ooh. Like, do you have just examples that come to mind? Is it kind of like, hey, yeah, I'm still into you. Like, you're looking for someone to say, yeah, like, I still am interested in pursuing this more. And I think it just comes down to just really expressing your feelings and, like, being in touch with your emotions and just, like, talking about your emotions. Like, I feel like it's a simple thing. It's like, you obviously care about me, but, right. like, if you say I care about you, like, to me, that, that, makes, that means a lot more than just me assuming, oh, she washed the dishes because she cares about me. She did the dinners because she cares about me. Right. Like, like, otherwise, like, in my head, I'm like, the, I'm, it's left up to, like, I'm assuming she cares about me because she cooked me dinner. But, like, yeah. I need that, like, I care about you, you know? Like, yeah. literally just those three words, you know? Four, four words. words. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, to me, I don't know. It's, I feel like it's very simple when it comes to that. I um, love that. If it was just three words, yeah. it would just be, I care about, and then you'd be, <laughs> <laughs> be left on like, a cliffhanger. <laughs> or you can do like Julian said over dinner, which is combined two in one, which is words of affirmation while you're expressing physical touch. Oh, yes. Oh, right. Want to talk about that? Oh, gosh. <laughs> but, or someone else can interject. This podcast uh, I, getting you know, spicy. You know, sorry to, sorry to change like subjects. I mean, this is like, real life stuff. I no, mean, no it is. Well. But like, I feel like this got me thinking like just the idea that we're talking about love languages and dating and what makes us happy I think a lot of what affects my dating life and my love languages is where I see myself in five years mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of like what I want in life affects like how I approach dating like in five years like to be completely honest I see myself as married you know mm -hmm. and like content settled down I know it's like a I feel like it's a storybook dream and like life doesn't always work, work out that way but it's what I want and I think it affects my dating and my approach to dating these days and it affects like you know like I like physical touch I like words of affirmation if I want to show them on a first date I'm going to show them because I want to I want to find that person that I can really connect with and settle down with so I think it affects it affects me because I think about my five-year plan and I know it shouldn't maybe always affect me yeah. but it does well so. I mean I definitely want to yeah, yeah I was gonna say like I just admire that so Same. much in you it sounds like both Luis and Julian have been saying on a first date I'll just go there and say I that and I'm like oh, that wow courage. I was like <laughs> gonna like flirt a little and just look for that connection but, and then have that conversation later but I definitely admire that in you to say like this is what I want and being brave enough to put that out there I think is awesome and I would say keep that I think that's why Luis and I kind of connect so much too is like we have very like similar kind of views on this type of stuff which you know yeah, I definitely I feel like there's definitely things I can learn from you and things you can learn from me kind of things. Yeah. I feel like I've seen certain situations where you're at and I'm like, oh, I've been there before and this is how I've handled it, you know? And like, mm -hmm. you're like, yeah, but I feel like 
bad because I feel like I'm hurting them, this and that. And I'm like, well, that's exactly how I felt before, you know? So yeah. there's a lot of similarities in that. Um, but yeah, same, like, same thing that you said. Like, I feel like in five years, I could definitely see myself, like, married, settled down. And, yeah. Like, all that, like, that's the dream for me. But it's like, yeah. with all these, like, with the dates, we, I feel like I've been going on. I'm like, yeah, I don't really know if that's achievable yeah. in five years. <laughs> Yeah, at least you don't have the dating life I do with the, the three I love yous in one month type hey, of deal. You have a story to tell, I guess. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. Oh, beginning of COVID, I feel like everybody was just, you know, I feel like everybody was so lost and lonely at the beginning of COVID. Like, you know, when after the lockdowns happened, people started reevaluating life. And I don't, like, I feel like about three months after this, I decided I was like, I'm going to start dating again. I feel like everybody was kind of in the same boat, like that was single. Um, or like newly out of a relationship because a lot of relationships did end at the start of COVID too, randomly enough. Um, and I went on like a bunch of dates in this month and I feel like I, it was weird, but like I weirdly connected with people quicker than I ever had before. And it jumped to the point where people were saying things earlier than they ever had before. Like whether it was the, I think I'm falling in love with you or the, I love yous or an ex reaching out, which happened in that month and being like, oh, I think I'm still in love with you and always be waiting for you. And it made it so that within a span of one month, like July, 2022, I had three people say the words love and you in the same sentence. And I was like, oh gosh, this is a lot, but, um, it's just I don't even know why I brought up this story. <laughs> I just feel like people are just so emotionally available after COVID, and it's just like yeah. it's yeah. crazy what yeah. being in solitude and like not yeah. just like really feeling your feelings, yeah, and not distracting yourself yeah. from and the your feelings. Yeah. Like, of that human connection, yeah. I feel yeah. like we missed that and yeah. lacked that true. so much. And I think for a while I was like, "What did I do wrong?" You know, and then I realized like, no, we all just want the same thing as we want this human connection. We want this life. And even though I didn't feel the exact same way about them, like, you know, I'm, I'm glad we had that connection. And I feel sorry that, you know, didn't work out. But it's I think it's yeah, we all want human connection. We all want we all want love at the end of the day, one way or another. Yeah. We all want love. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, COVID time forces like end of the world types of feelings. <laughs> where but I will never, you know, like, love. I think I'm in love yeah. with you. I just saw you for the first time, but I think I'm in love with you. That's funny. I do think um, what what I like about the five love languages is anytime you're bringing up something hard or hard to talk about that's emotional that you're, and you're not sure how it'll be received by that person, I think it's helpful to just make it objective and say, oh, I was, I heard about the five love languages and here here's what they are what do you think about that and I think it's helpful to have content like that so that it makes it more objective and like data driven and almost like appealing to the other person's like scientific brain in a way if they're uncomfortable talking about it and and Emily I have a question for you too because I feel like both of the guys in the room I guess have like no they feel very comfortable with like opening the book (laughs) yeah but I feel like I don't know and this maybe this is just me but when I'm on a date I just feel very I don't even know if the word judged is right yeah but like if I brought that stuff up on a date like Mm -hmm it's going to be a quick no or it's going to be a like whoa this girl's like way too already thinking about the future like i just don't really get those kinds of dates where they're thinking about those things or Mm -hmm. and then i feel like if i bring them up like it would be a quick no so i don't know i just don't i've never felt comfortable (laughs) yeah well and that's exactly kind of why i answered that question the way i did earlier is i feel like i 
look for that flirtation and chemistry first Mm -hmm. because yeah part of it is coming from a place of fear that I worry they're not going to receive it well if I'm talking about those sorts of things but I'm thinking about them and I think about those concepts all the time and learn about all these things and love talking about them so and that's kind of where I'm at now with the one person I was talking about where it's like Mm -hmm. I really want to go there and like talk about those things but I'm so afraid of how it will be received and I'd rather live in this fantasy world of just enjoying how things are but that's not good and something that I'm working on is like being more in tune with reality and like not being so afraid of how someone might receive something and just seeing it as information and that it's better to be, you know, living in reality than my dream world that I create for myself sometimes. I feel like it just ultimately comes down to vulnerability and it's just like how vulnerable do you want to be and like at what point do you want to be vulnerable? Because what it sounds like is like you're just waiting for like the guy to give you that vibe that like this is what i want to talk about you know but like if you don't get that vibe then it's just like you won't say anything until then yeah which is definitely tough to be in that situation um but it's interesting that like both girls feel like they can't express themselves but like both guys are like oh i'll just express myself and see if the girl's into it or not (laughs) i have never been on a date in the city that the male has felt comfortable with sharing anything more than just like typical everyday I feel like they'd be like, well, I don't conversational love you, topics. So why like, are you talking about love languages? I just you know feel like mean? they would get the I'm like, vibe. That's not like, me saying I love girl, you. It's like, just yeah, yeah. And then the question is why? Like why I is agree. it not like that? And because, why do like, I care? I don't know. No, but I mean, I, I think it's important <laughs> important to care because like I feel like a lot of the t- dates I've been on, like I start talking, they're like, wow, I've never had like somebody talk like this with me, and that's not saying that I'm doing anything like you know, crazy out of the blue. I'm just being open and honest. Like, why isn't dating like that in general? Why isn't dating open and honest? Like, and love is an emotion we're supposed love. to feel. So it's like, yeah. why can't we talk about our feelings on a date? Like, yeah. ultimately, if this goes anywhere, it's going to be an emotion. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, it's yeah. weird that we're going on this date to try and feel love, but like, both parties aren't on the same page of like, talking about emotions like it just it's weird yeah it is especially when you i love that study honestly that i um shared in the beginning that when people are aware of what their partner needs and then they're more probably likely to express it and then they have greater satisfaction in their relationships and sexually so like why aren't we taking that information? Like, we could just cite that study and say, hey, I heard this. So what do you think about that? Don't you want a re- meaningful, satisfying relationship? In all aspects. You know what I mean? Like, Especially yeah. when things go wrong. That's, it's just like, if you're not reflecting on, like, love languages and, like, what are you really doing to fix it, you know? It's just like, yeah, you can't just try to fix it by doing the same things all over again. Like, it does, does that just doesn't make sense. And I like that it's like joint joint accountability. So it's saying, here's this concept. Let's both talk about it so that it's not like, oh, you're not reading my mind, you know, on what I need. But it's important for you to express what you need so the other person's aware, which is always a scary thing to do because then they might not do it. Yeah. Yeah. I will say I've been in this situation I mean, same girl I was talking about when I was in a relationship and it was like, we were like six or seven months in and like things were just wrong and like we were fighting a lot and there was a lot of arguments and I actually stumbled upon the book by Gary Chapman, The Five Languages. So I was like, oh, let me read it. And then I was just like, 
that was a moment of self-reflection for me. I was like, oh, maybe I'm not like my way of expressing love to her was like gifts and like mm-hmm. uh, acts of service and things like that. So I was like, I expected the same from her. Yeah. But to her, it was just like, if I'm spending time with you, I care about you kind of thing. And I'm like, well, that's not how I want to receive love, you know? And then I like brought up this book and I brought up the five love languages and it was kind of just like shut down. And she was like, why are you reading this book? Why are you reading about relationships? Like, do you not know how to be in one, this and that? And I'm like, wow. Like, I would, I would think coming from a partner, you'd be like, wow, like, thank you for reaching out. Thank you for reaching out. You're really trying to make this relationship work. And it's just like, wow, you're resorting to books to try and help this relationship. And I'm just like, whoa, like, it was, it was just like not the answer I expected. So I was just like, interesting. Safe to say that relationship didn't go on much longer. And thank you for sharing that because I think it's, it sounds like she did that thing that I feel like a lot of us do, which is over-romanticize relationships mm-hmm. where it's like you, her saying, you should know how to have a relationship. It's like, actually, I do think there's this element mm-hmm. of willingness to work on things and have those hard conversations, which it sounds like you were willing to do. And for her, it was like, oh, I'm all oh, about the hard know conversations. You know, like I'll have those yeah. hard conversations, even if like, yeah, we're arguing, someone's crying. Like those conversations are there for a reason. Like they're meant yeah. to be had. And I feel like if you can't have those hard conversations with your significant other, it's like, why are we together? Because yeah, eventually, yeah. you're gonna have to have hard conversations. <gasps> oh. <laughs> We just let our himself. We just let our dogs outside to battle, and one of them just face planted. Who was it? Class, I don't know. I'll tell you tomorrow if it's my doodle. It was yours. Oh no. Still okay, they're still fighting, anyway. so it should be fine. Oh, that's why we're distracted. Something so, on that. Now I got distracted. Yeah. But. So basically, do you feel like that was? So did you tell her this is these are my love languages and she basically wasn't open to hearing that? Like did she show any reception to want to work on that? No, I basically told her like like what my love languages were, what I, how I like to receive love, things like that and like for her it was like well, that's not really how I express myself. But she still wanted to be in the relationship, so I'm just like so you're not yeah, willing to right, right. work on this relationship, but you still want to be with me like that just yeah. to me that just didn't add up totally it's not creating this space i love that we're creating this space yeah and work, relationships it. are supposed to be to work on exactly right like well and she should have created that space to say oh my partner needs this so i'm gonna listen to that and see if i can provide that to you yeah so exactly and it was a very like tough position because like i obviously cared about her and i obviously wanted to be with her but right. like it was like a personal battle with me because it was just like, well, I care so much about this person, but she's not loving me the way I want to be loved. Yeah. So I have to end things with her, yeah. even though I really still care about her. So it's just like, that's a tough position to be in because it's just like, you're ending things with somebody that you care about because they don't want to work on right. on things. Like it just, it took me a while to get over that. And I'm just like, it, it doesn't make sense to me why somebody wouldn't want to work on a, a relationship like that. Totally. I mean, it's a form of rejection, right? Because exactly. it's like they're saying, I'm not willing to put that work into this yeah. thing that you need. And I think that's why I'm just really, I admire you bringing that up because I'm like too afraid to do that right now, I feel like. So yeah. 
I think that's awesome well, that well, you yeah, did that. Well, yeah, because ultimately then, like, then you, like, if you bring that up and he's like, oh, well, I don't want to, like, yeah. that, I'm not going to change my love language kind of thing. Well, then you're going to be like, okay, let's go our separate ways. But at the end of the day, like, you're losing too, even though you ended things because yeah. you're like, wow, I really cared about this guy. Mm-hmm. So then people are like, oh, well, why are you sad if you're the one that ended things? It's just like, right. that's like a big dilemma there for me, you know? Totally. Because it's part of it is you standing up for yourself and what you need. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to yeah. do too. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, it sounds like the guys are the ones that are really uh, implementing this whole communicating the I really want Julian to expand on this whole (laughs) physical touch and words of affirmation because I feel like that's where you meet somebody halfway, you know? Like, what if I'm dating a girl and, or like, what if you're dating a girl and your way to express yourself and receive love is words of affirmation? I mean, uh, physical touch, but like, there's words of affirmation, like, and you have an argument, it's like, okay, this is how we're going to blend both things together, you know? Like, I feel like that should be a point where you meet halfway with somebody. Yeah, I mean, I, I think meeting halfway, it's, I mean, a part of a relationship, right? I think there's a reason that they say opposites attract, not that you should be opposites in different ways, but right, there's a give and a take in a relationship. And part of it is love languages, right? You don't have to have the same perfect love languages to make something successful. I think the important thing is that you listen and you recognize somebody else's love language and how they receive love. Um, and realize that you know it's okay to do things a little differently if it's like so different that you're not comfortable with it it's completely different but I'm totally okay with like you know and and I love calling somebody beautiful you know or telling them that I care about them and that I have feelings for them and you know making sure that they feel loved and or doing acts of service like grabbing them coffee you know or things like that or like the dishwasher spending quality time with them i love all love languages and i think like in some ways everybody does um and so i think like you can you can adapt every relationship to an extent right i think that's kind of the caveat is to the extent um i think it's really hard though like when you really like physical touch and the other person is like no no physical touch and then you try (laughs) to kiss them and you're like or you try to hug them like Sometimes all I want at the end of the day is a hug. And if my partner can't give me a hug at the end of the day, it's just kind of, that's kind of hard, right? That's oh, where, that's, that's where like I like kind of, exactly. And that that's where, where I feel like I kind of draw the line is like, it's like, I want to feel like, you know, you have long days and you're like, you want to feel loved in the way that you want to feel loved. So yeah. it's, there's, and that's why there's soulmates for everybody or like different partners oh gosh soulmates is another discussion but there's like you know there's different matches for everybody mm-hmm. um and i think this podcast is all about growth because i feel like i'm learning a lot from you all on things that i could do a lot differently in yeah. relationships and 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 learn a lot from but one thing that i'm proud of what i do currently is like communicate as much as possible so mm-hmm. i recognize differences and i recognize things mm-hmm. that um are different. I don't always approach them the right way, but I recognize the differences and the similarities. So that's one of the things that I like, at least right now. I think it's a willingness to approach things that counts, you know, and like yeah. just the effort that you're showing is what what matters. Because like, even if you're not doing it the right way, like there might not even be a right way to do it, but you're doing it nonetheless. Versus somebody who just mm-hmm. would rather not approach it at all. You know, yeah. I feel like that goes a long way. Yeah, for sure. like I learn a lot from you guys I respect all of you very very much same yeah and that's we definitely want this podcast to be about 
sharing our stories and focusing on growth and even just little things we can practice in our different relationships. And I think that's what I really like too about the website is it's not only romantic relationships, but also um, family relationships and friendships and coworkers. So I thought that was interesting. They had the different quizzes there um, for other relationships, but yeah, what if everyone was willing to go there and do the work and do the assessments and I really like what Emily uh, Emily Marie said at the beginning of the podcast, like how her upbringing kind of paved the way for her love language. Like, do you guys feel that the way you guys maybe observed love or practiced love with your 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 parents, like, played a role in the way you want to receive love or want to give love growing up? Uh, I think it's really interesting because there's a song out there. Um, oh gosh, I think it's called "Like My Father." by Jax or something like that. Mm-hmm. I like, saw it on TikTok just a couple months ago, but it talks about how this girl, and she talks about how she, the way that she perceives loves and the type of man that she wants is basically how her father treats her mom. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we, we learn things from the successful relationships in our life that we observed growing up and the, the not so, so successful ones too, um, mm-hmm. both the ones that we're part of and the ones that we're not a part of. And yeah. Yeah. In, in every way, like every relationship that we see has like an impact on our life. So I think I just Absolutely. wanted to kind of throw that out there before anybody, you know, if anybody else wants to add to that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, kind of like going off of what I said earlier, <laughs> I guess I just, I always saw like my mom's is very much like acts of service. And so like growing up, my dad would always like fill up my mom's gas tank or just do things like that, like going out of his way to like pave her a path for like the snow when we would get a blizzard he would like clear the driveway for her when she had to leave early in the morning and I think that just like really spoke to me but my dad's is words of affirmation so like my mom would just be like very like I don't know say great things about my dad to us and like I don't know just I think it was like how they also spent time with us together as a family but I think that's something I crave in a relationship is just that cohesiveness and their love languages are very different like my parents are if we talk about opposites (laughs) my parents are very very different people but like they make it work because like they have had these conversations and like I grew up learning about the love languages because my parents had the way oh yeah like my parents had the love languages book on their bookshelf and like like that was just something like we grew up like you know if we want to go there like I grew up in the church and like we just grew up talking about those kinds of things but um so I just feel like I was like very in tune with that and so I would say early on in my dating life (laughs) I like would bring those things up and that was something I like strove to ask for you know but I feel like unfortunately you kind of do get maybe I don't know rejected you know that word has come up a couple times tonight like a few times or like you know, whoa, not the right time, or hey, like, slow down, like, that's not time to talk about that, and I feel like you just do kind of change a little bit of how you approach dating, Um, but I'm really excited to hear about how everybody else feels, and so maybe I can, like, start in going back to how I maybe should approach dating. Um, Yeah, well, because I feel like you're in dating, you're setting the foundation for it being a long-term thing, and I think it's good to be brave and have those conversations earlier so that you're building this resiliency for later on and the relationship 
Um, so I think it's, I'm a little surprised because we're both from the Midwest, mm-hmm. the Emily's are. Yeah. So <laughs> coming from a household where I feel like I did not really learn how to communicate in relationships or anything, that's why I'm like, I nerd out on all this stuff now because I love learning about it and see how applying it in my real life is really helpful. So I, I'm, yeah. it's so funny because I wasn't expecting you to say that you had that book on your bookshelf. Yeah. Now, don't um, get me wrong. Because like, I there feel were like... times when communication was not a strong yeah. point in, in our household, okay? But yeah. I think we did talk about, like, why communication wasn't strong at those times, too. Like, we would have, yeah. like, time to reflect afterwards. Like, why didn't that go well? Yeah. So I just think, like, I don't know. We did have a pretty open relationships in our house so that's so cool that was good I mean yeah and we I feel like growing up definitely it was all about quality time for sure so that's why that's high on my list is access acts of service and quality time but I feel like physical touch is high on mine because I didn't I don't feel like I had a ton of that growing up like the physical touch aspect so yeah I really like that (laughs) in my adulthood (laughs) even just with with co-workers and friends and you know like I wanted to give you all a hug when you walk to the door because it's like nice you know so expressing that in I mean you know I like physical touch (laughs) (laughs) well now that I know everybody's love language you know so like can we hug later adapting right like you should know this about me I'm really not a big hugger like I'm really that's just honestly like deep down it's not my first go-to yeah but that does not mean like I don't want you to give me a hug like You're like, this one's for you. (laughs) Like, but you know, like, I love that, like, we can have, like, differences, but, like, I know how my friends connect, and most of my friends are huggers, like, and they make fun of me for not being a hugger. Right. But, like, shoot, I'm gonna hug you. (laughs) You're my friend. Like, right. Yeah, but knowing, like, quality time is important to some of us, I think, like, understanding that and, or, like, words of affirmation, like, complimenting people on, like, a day to day, we know each other all a little bit more now, which I think is gonna help kind of our. You know, work relationships and our friends' relationships going forward. So, yeah. yeah. And I kind of like what you said, Emily, before about like how you feel like what you grew up with was quality time, but what you also lacked was like you said physical touch, right? Correct. So it's like yeah. those are your love languages, what you interacted the most with and what you interacted the least with. Because I feel like I kind of see that as well. Like yeah. quality time was definitely something like, like growing up. Like I'm one of five. There's always seven people in our household, and like. We could be all in one room watching a movie, watching a soccer game, and like that's quality time. That's how I grew up. Mm-hmm. But like words of affirmation were like, I could like not to be like sad in a way, but I could probably count on one hand like the times my dad or my mom was like, "I love you," you right. know, or "I care about you." Look, so like I think that's why words of affirmation are so important to me because like I didn't get that growing up, so I'm like, right. that's how I want to express myself, and that's what I want to receive. So it's. It's funny that you say that because it's like what we least did when we were growing up and what we most did growing up. And like, that's just a pattern I found within myself, you know? That's super cool. I like that. I find it really funny that we're talking about growing up because I'm thinking about it, my parents, and I'm like, I think they made a deliberate effort to not show me any physical touch or physical affection between the two of them. And maybe it's just like a cultural thing. But they would like never kiss in front of me. I don't. I think I literally can count on my hand, like you were saying, the amount of times that they kissed in front of me. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Or even hugged. Like they were just like they saved that for outside of my, you know, outside of my view. And now physical touch is like one of my like things that I really crave. And like they had a, they have a really great relationship. It's just, you know, 
it's it's funny how much our upbringing influences us and oh, i feel like all all three of us all four of us probably have very similar experiences in that way so right where it's like what was modeled to you or not modeled to you and then yeah what you seek and what you want yeah, yeah. that's super cool um and, oh, that's what I was going to say is, by the way, if you have heard the battles going on, it's these two lovely golden doodles, Izzy and Luna, who we should introduce. So Izzy is my golden doodle and Luna is Emily Marie's golden doodle. So if you heard rustling in the background, that was them. And they wanted to express, what was that? Oh, that their love language is ball. So, <laughs> battles yes. so anyways does anyone else have any like kind of takeaways or just things that you want to share as we wrap up here just any little takeaways or even action items things you want to implement i know we say like we've said this a lot in the podcast but like just the fact that like we all four got together like i really appreciate that because i feel like especially talking about each other's love languages like a lot there's a lot of similarities in the love languages that we each have and it's almost nice to like get that breath of fresh air or like that reminder that there's like other people that ha share the same love languages mm -hmm. because I'm sure we've all been at the time where it's like, oh, well, this is my love language. Like maybe it's me and it's not these other people. Maybe I need to change what I'm doing. But like mm -hmm. it's nice to all get together and see similarities with each other. And it's just like, oh, like there's other people that feel the same way that I do. So there's no really no reason why I should change who I am because I'm not in this like I'm not the only one in this situation you know it's not it's not just me kind of thing so I feel like mm -hmm. sharing love languages with other people goes a very long way so that's just my appreciation yeah. towards mm. you guys like I appreciate you yeah. guys oh. right back at you because mm -hmm. I feel like um kind of going off of that rather than change who you are and how you want to express and receive love or I guess I should say rather than changing how what your love languages are to accommodate a relationship because you want to make it work or out of that fear of rejection like it's better to be true to yourself and like you said to recognize that other people share those similar needs and that you shouldn't change that but you should embrace it and like be brave enough to communicate it absolutely and I love hearing the male perspective because sometimes I can get yeah. a little bit like nervous for the dating world or just whatever it may be. And I think it's really refreshing to hear the, their point of view. And just like now I'm going to, I feel like my action item is just like my next dates. I'm just going to be really straightforward with what I expect yeah. and like what I want out of it. And yeah. that I'm looking for, you know, the five-year plan, like, yeah. and that's what I want. And like, if you don't, great. Yeah, and just move on. Lemon law. Yeah, like <laughs> lemon law that. Lemon law that. We're adding <laughs> lemons to our grocery list. Like at the end of the day, you're letting your needs be known. It's just like, yeah. if not, then we yeah. go our separate ways, you know? It's just like our time is so valuable that it's just like, why waste our time on a whole date or a whole second date when like yeah. we could cut it I off I think in I the forget first it's so important, minutes. like what I value. I think I'm so concerned on the other person sitting across from me at the table sometimes. And true. I forget that like I am equally as important yeah. in the exchange right. and so i feel like this has brought that to my attention and like there's nothing wrong with what i want out of a relationship it's love just that. like searching for someone who's also seeking what i'm seeking i yeah. love that i agree yeah. well thank you everyone for joining us and i wanted to share our instagram that we started <laughs> it's called follow us at the lemon law and that's l-e-m 
M-O-N Law. Would love to hear from you. Maybe leave a comment because we are absolutely open to different topics that you want to discuss. So please follow us. And thank you so much for listening. We're um, thinking about next episode, potentially talking about this idea of can you build attraction or um, is it something that you should look for right away on that first date? Um, So that is something that we'll look forward to discussing next time on The Lemon Law. I'm Emily. I'm Louise. I'm Julian. And I'm Emily Marie. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you on the next one.